Welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. You may be seated this evening. I'm, I'm going to read from the book of Jeremiah, two verses of scripture. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 26 and 27, and then we'll skip on over to Genesis 18, 13, and 14. And you know, when that testimony came, I, I felt like there was a confirmation of what God wanted me to, to speak and minister and preach to you this evening. And Brother Luke asked me, he said he wanted me to preach. And so I believe that God has given me a word. Amen. Tonight. Somebody said, amen. 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 Jeremiah 32 and 26 verses 26 and 27. And it says, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, behold, somebody say, behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me. Look over at your neighbor and say, neighbor, is there anything too hard for God? Come on. Some of you walked in here this evening. You're facing circumstances and situations. Amen. And God is trying to ask you, is there anything too hard for him? Amen. Genesis chapter 18, verse 13 through 14. And it says, then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Anybody know this story? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? See, the backstory is that Sarah was very old. And the Lord came and said, I am going to give you a baby even in your old age. When at that time, old women didn't get pregnant like that. And Sarah thought it was funny. So God said, why did she laugh? And why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? And then God asked the same question. Is there anything too hard? For the Lord. And then next he follows it up and he says, I will return this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Amen. What I want to preach to you this evening is very simply titled, Is There Anything Too Hard for God? Amen. Is there anything too hard for God? Amen. This was a question that God proposed to Abraham, Sarah, and through Jeremiah. There obviously wasn't a need to answer the question. Because we all know what the answer is today, that there is nothing that is too hard for our God. Amen. That ought to get you shouting right then and there. Amen. I don't need to say anything else this evening, but to let you know that there is nothing that is too hard for our God to accomplish. Amen. There's no trial that you've walked in here this evening facing that is too hard for our God to solve. There's no money situation that you walked in here this evening that God can't take care of. There's no marriage situation that you walked in here facing that God can't solve. I said there is nothing too hard for for our God. Come on, I get excited about that. Amen. I get excited knowing that our God is God and he's the all-powerful God and that there is nothing too hard for him. Amen. But we all know the answer to the question. Amen. But I believe that God asked the question to get their minds thinking. Amen. Because sometimes in human beings, we have our thinking down here and God wants to elevate our thinking up here. Amen. And he said, Amen. And he asked a question to get their minds thinking. And this question is still valid to you and I and to the church today. Is there anything too hard for God? Amen. Sometimes we end up in problems and circumstances and situations and things that happen in our life that back us into a corner. And we say, oh, poor me. But God says there is nothing that is too hard for me. 
Amen. He loves it when you get into a problem. As a matter of fact, nothing challenges him. But when he sees that there's a problem going on in your life, it is an opportunity for him to show that he is God and that he is in control. Amen. Now, we need to stop really for a minute and really think about this. Is there anything that is too hard for God? Stop for a moment and think to yourself. Think of the hardest thing possible that you could do. And for some of us and and for myself, it would probably be uh, just running continuously up Mount Everest. Praise the Lord. I remember one time me and my wife, we went on this hike in Hawaii and it was the Cocoa Head Trail. And I remember my wife wanted to race me so badly up that hike. And as a man, you know, our pride kind of gets to us a little bit. But I'm going to tell you, I was tired. And this is a very hard hike. I mean, it's just all the way up there. And there's some parts that are honestly dangerous. And my wife is smiling the whole time. And I'm out of breath. I'm like, oh, oh. I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to give up. I, I think I'm going to. And then some foreign guy that I didn't even know said, no, brother, you can go. You can make it. Amen. And so I, I kept going. And my wife beat me up. The, I, I, think, I think I beat her the first time. And the second time she beat me up there. But when we think about, is there anything that is too hard for God? Will you stop and really think about that for a moment? Because there is nothing that poses a challenge to our God. Amen. There is nothing that poses a challenge to our God. I'm trying to break the limits off your thinking this evening because we serve a God that is completely in control of your life, of my life, of my finances, of my marriage, of my family, of my children, of my ministry, of my career. We serve a God that is in control and nothing can stop him and nobody can dethrone him and nobody can get in his way. I am telling you, there is nothing that is too hard for our God. Amen. Some of you right now are lacking in faith at this moment. Yeah, yeah, preacher, you're preaching about it. But I want to tell you, it doesn't matter if you lack in faith this evening. He is still God and he is still in control. Come on, the devil's got you trapped right now, not believing that God can deliver you from your situation. The devil's got you trapped right now, believing that you can't be delivered from your addiction. The devil's got you trapped right now, believing you, letting you believe that you can't be released from your financial burden. But I want to tell you something. There is nothing. There is nothing there is nothing that is too hard for our God because he is God oh come on why don't you clap your hands a little bit louder come on come on I feel like the devil's getting mad right now I feel like hell is getting upset right now because he doesn't want a child of God to believe that his God is God he'd rather have you having an old me pity party but I want to tell you something child of God church of the living God there is nothing that is too hard for the Lord Amen. You see, God, has, God let us know several times throughout Scripture in Isaiah 45 and 5. He said, I am the Lord and there is no other God. Oh, I find comfort in that this evening, church, that I am the Lord and there is no other God. That means that you will not find another God. That means that there is no other God. Amen. I want to raise and encourage the faith of somebody that has come here and maybe you've lost your faith. Amen. That our God is God. Amen. The God that you serve is God. Amen. Even if it doesn't feel like it, our God is God and there is no other. And he's still in control and he still sits on the throne and nobody can defeat our God. Amen. I'm talking about a God that always wins every time. Amen. And he steps onto the battlefield. You see, the economy doesn't worry our God. Amen. Some of you are worried about the economy right now, but I want to tell you something. The economy doesn't worry our God. 
Inflation doesn't worry our God. For some of you, you're worried about inflation. Oh, how am I going to make it? What am I going to do? Come on, you've been faithful in your tithing. You've been faithful in your relationship. The economy doesn't worry our God. I want to tell you something, child of God. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken nor begging for bread. There is nothing that is too hard for our God. You've got to lift your faith tonight. You've got to understand that your God is in control. You've got to understand there is no other God. Amen. Rumors of wars don't scare him. Some of you got uh, Fox and CNN on and you're afraid. You're scared. Oh, my God. I think North Korea, I think Russia's going to start a war. Come on. you got to shut that stuff off. Come on. That don't scare God. You're a child of God. Amen. And if you're living right, if you're serving God, if you're doing whatever it is that you've got to do to give God, honey, you don't have to worry about what's happening in the world because there is nothing that is too hard for our God and he is in control. Amen. Who's president doesn't worry our God and who's not president doesn't concern him. I know that some of us, amen, and I'm going to say something that may be, you know, bothersome bother to some people, but some of you lost your faith and your encouragement when the president that you wanted didn't win the last election. But can I tell you something? That doesn't matter, nor does that worry God, because he will still be on the throne no matter who's in the White House. Amen. No matter what's happening in the world. I want to tell you something. My faith isn't based on who's in the White House or what political party is winning but i want to tell you my faith is rooted and grounded in the word of god in the spirit of god in the presence of god in the house of god there is nothing that is too hard for our god come on somebody Come on, somebody. We've got to stop being so political. Amen. And we've got to remember we're a kingdom-minded people. Amen. And our god is god. Our god is god. Say that with me. Our god is god. Come on. Matter of fact, the Bible said it like this. It was in the year, this is Isaiah 6 and 1. It was in the year of King Uzziah, that King Uzziah died, that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. They said the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, let me have you understand something here this evening, church. If you don't know what the train of the robe was, a king's train was made up of pieces of other king's royal robes that were defeated and that they had defeated. The kings would cut theirs after defeating them and sew it onto theirs to show that they had a symbol of power and a symbol of conquering. Can I tell you something, church, this evening? There's nothing too hard for our God because our God is so mighty. Our God is so bad. Our God has won so many battles that his train has filled the temple. Amen. There was no more room in that temple for his train because he never loses and he never will lose. Amen. Come on, you've got your arms folded there. You've got things that are worrying you. You've got anxieties. You've got cares. Your children are not not living for the Lord, but can I tell you something that God can deliver your children? I want to share a testimony this evening, amen, because I got a little brother who was lost and he was out there in the world, amen, and, 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 and he had some trauma because he watched his dad die right in front of him and have a stroke and he didn't understand what was happening, but, but I've been praying for my brother and I've been praying and I've been praying, I've been, God, please save him, fill him with the Holy Ghost, amen, and he was out there and he was using drugs and drinking and the last couple of months I've been watching those prayers 
prayers manifest because he's been texting me and he's been posting videos on his social media at church worshiping God. He's back in the house of the Lord. He's back worshiping God. I want to tell you, if you've got a lost loved one, you've got to keep praying because there's nothing too hard for our God. There's nobody that's too lost for God to save. I want to tell you, there's nothing too hard for our God. You've got to keep praying. You've got to keep digging. You've got to keep seeking because nobody is too far gone. But our God is so bad that his train filled the temple because he never loses a battle. You've got to understand something about our God every time that he steps out and he is ready to fight that he will not lose. That nobody can stop him. Nobody can come against him. And if you're a child of God, then God is for you. Oh, come on, somebody. I am a child of God. Amen. He is my daddy. Maybe your daddy, maybe your mother left you when you were a kid. But I want to tell you, you've got a daddy that never loses. You've got a daddy that is in control. You've got a daddy, amen, that is watching after you. You've got a daddy that is all powerful. You've got a daddy in heaven. And his name is Jesus. And God will never lose. Now, I want you to get that vision in your mind tonight. I want you to get that understanding that God cannot lose. God cannot lose. Come on, some of us, I'm just going to say this, we've been losing a lot. Hey, I'm just being honest. I've been at that point in my life where I've lost, and it seems like I've lost and lost and lost. And that, that, that feeling of losing can be defeating, and, and it could press you down. But can I tell you something about our God? He never loses. He's never felt what that was like ever, period, since he's existed. Because he cannot be defeated. So you've got to get that vision in your mind. Amen. Amen. And you've got the spirit of God living on the inside of you. You've got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. And he cannot be dethroned. Amen. He cannot be dethroned. Amen. Imagine how much confidence you would have going into every battle, every fight. Amen. Knowing that you've already won the battle before it even began. Amen. I really like boxing. It's something that I'm into, but I can imagine if there was a boxer out there that every time that he stepped in the ring that he knew that he was going to win. Well, let me tell you something about our God. Every time he steps in the ring, he knows that he is going to win, that nobody is going to be able to stop him. Nothing can stop him from working and moving in your life. Nothing can stop him from blessing you. Nothing can stop him from using you. Nobody can dethrone our God. You got to get that same confidence on the inside of you that no matter what you're facing, that God is my God and that he is on my side. Amen. And that every battle that he has fought from age to age, from eternity to eternity, that God has always won because that is our God. Amen. Amen. You see, sister, your doctor's report didn't worry God or scare God. He already knew that he was going to heal. Amen. He already had it. Amen. Because our God is so powerful and so mighty and so strong that he could step back generation to generation and he could pull out hereditary diseases from this diseases from this family and he could heal you over here in the future. Our God is so powerful and so strong that he could take a drug addict, an alcoholic like myself. He could heal me, raise me up, bless me and allow me to have a daughter that is raised up in the house of God. I am telling you, our God is God. And there is nothing that he cannot do. There is no sickness that scares him. There's no doctor's report that scares him. There is nothing that worries him. Amen. So you've got to get that confidence on the inside of your health. That come hell or high water, no matter what it is that I go through, no matter what it is that I face, no matter what the venture is, that God is on my side. Come on, how many believe that this evening? Come on, how many believe that this evening, that there's nothing too hard for our God?
Come on, nothing stops our God. Amen. Amen. And guess what? God is on your side. Oh, you ought to shout about that right now. Come on, somebody ought to get excited about that this evening. I said, God is on your side. God is on my side. God is for you. God is not against you. Come on, you've got to get excited about that this evening, that God is on your side. Amen. You know how bad our God is, Brother Abraham? When the devil started acting a fool and acting up in heaven, and he created this big old war, you know what he did? He said, ah, go, Michael, go, go handle this. Was he worried at all? No. Sat on his throne, did not care. I've got bigger business to attend to. You see, some of you are scared of the devil. You're worried about the devil. Oh, God, I hope the devil doesn't, doesn't do this. I mean, golly, sometimes, Brother Duke, we blame, we blame the devil for everything. Oh, my, my tire went out of my car. We blame the, you're so worried. You're so worried. But God is not worried about the devil. He's not threatened by the devil. It doesn't bother him. He was so bad. He said, I'm going to send Michael and the angels to go fight this battle for me. And he didn't even have to fight because guess what? God knew that I had already won. My God, you didn't hear me yet. I said he didn't even have to fight because God already knew that he had won. You've got to understand there is nothing that is too hard for God. There is no miracle that is impossible for your God. You've got to wrap your mind around the belief that God is God and he is fully in control of you and my life and your family's life and your children's life and your wife and your spouse's life. That God is God. You see, he spoke to Joshua and he told him in Joshua chapter one, verses three through five. And I'm hurrying here. I promise you what I promised Moses, that wherever you set foot, you will be on the land. Uh, you will be on the land that I have given you from the Gev wilderness to the Lebanon mountains in the north, to the Euphrates River in the east and to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one. Somebody say no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you. As I was with Moses, and I will not fail you nor abandon you. Come on, some of you feel like, oh, some of you think God, God forgot about you. Some, some of you think that God is going to fail you. Come on, some of you, some of you think, oh, well, well, I don't know where God is. I, I don't know what He's going to do. But Amen. He gave Joshua a charge that before there was any battle that was even fought, that then before Joshua even stepped foot on the battlefield, before Joshua even began to lead them, God let him know nobody. Somebody say nobody will be able to stand against you, and I'm not going to fail you. Amen. I would have such confidence in that church it says it in his word he speaks it to Joshua he tells us all the time that I will not fail you I will not abandon you I will not leave you I will not forsake you just because you're going through a trial this evening doesn't mean that God has left you just because you're in the midst of a struggle doesn't mean that there's something wrong our God is God and there's nothing too hard for him and he can't lose he said listen you ain't even left yet but you've already won my God. Come on, sometimes we get into trials and we get really worried. I've been there before. I've been there. We're, we're all human, right? We, humans are crazy because, you know, one minute we're up here and then the next minute you're down here and then you're right here. Some of us, we're, we're just, we're, we're emotional. Praise the Lord. Amen. But we've got to learn how to be steady in God. We've got to learn how to have a steady spirit. 
no matter how blessed I am, no matter how bad things are happening, no matter where it is that I've just got to be steady and I've got to know that he is my God, that he's my redeemer, he's my protector, he's my savior, he's my refuge, he's my shelter, he's my fortress, he's my God, he's my father, he's my rock, he's my strong tower and that there is nothing too hard for him and that there is no battle that I'm going to face today, tomorrow, next week, next year that God cannot win. Amen. 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 He told Joshua, I will not fail you because there's nothing too hard for God. You know, God saw all those battles long before Joshua fought them. All, long before. And he gave Joshua the heads up, you're going to win them all. Can I tell you something? Every battle that you're facing right now, now, if you're in a battle because you got yourself there by being disobedient to the Lord, then I, this is not for you. <laughs> Amen. Come on, because the Bible says fools, never mind, never mind. Amen. But if you're in a battle and you've been doing everything that you can to live for God and to love God and to pray and to seek his face and you're in the midst of a battle, can I tell you that the battle's already been won? Oh, come on, somebody. See, you've got to get mature in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes God's trying to test your spirit. Amen. If you got if you got sickness that came upon you and you're like, oh, woe is me. Oh, I've been doing everything. I've been tithing. I've been giving. I've been praying. I've been fasting. God, I, sp I, pr I spend an hour in prayer a day. I read my Bible for 45 minutes every single day. I come to church. I clean the church. I do this and I do that. Oh, woe is me. Come on. We've got to get out of that pity party. and We've got to get a mature Christian mind. And we've got to say, God, what is it that you're doing in my life? What's the miracle that you want to be seen through this life? God, thank you for choosing me for the glory of God. God. God chose this sister right here so that the glory of God could be seen through her. The doctors couldn't understand it. They didn't know what was going on, but we do because we serve a God that is the God of the impossible. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet right now and begin to lift your hands. Come on, I'm almost done. Why don't you begin to pray? Come on, why don't you begin to let your faith arise this evening? Come on, we've got to get the belief in our spirits this evening that there's nothing too hard for our God. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through this evening, come on, it's an opportunity for God's glory. Come on, that's it, church. Come on, I feel breakthrough happening in here. Come on. Come on, there's an opportunity. Oh, but my children are not saved. It's an opportunity for God to get glory and deliver them. Amen. But my marriage is going through turmoil. It's an opportunity to say that God is still a healer. Amen. Come on, there's been some things going on in my life. It's an opportunity for God to get glory and show that he's a redeemer because there is nothing that is too hard for our God. He can't lose, church. He can't lose. And I'm almost finished. But you see, recently God has revealed himself to me in a deeper way. He's allowed me to get a deeper understanding of him. And if any of you have been there, it's a scary thing. It, it, it puts this fear inside of you. There was one day that I was just in prayer. As he started to just reveal himself, I started to pray. And so you've got to be careful with the prayers that you pray. Because you don't know what you're praying sometimes. But I said, God, reveal yourself to me in a deeper way. Give me a deeper understanding of you. And he started to show me and reveal who he is. He is God, the great creator, the one that perfectly designed you and me, our personalities, everything that you see, all the hormones, our heart, our brain, our organs, every tissue that is on the inside of you, every fiber, every being, every hair that is on your head and the few that I have left on mine. Amen. 
He created all of us. And if you stop and you think for a second about how detailed you and are and how detailed the earth is and how close the sun and the moon and all these things they are, it is enough to make you realize the greatness of our God. See, the concept of God in our minds is not what it should be. As a matter of fact, for a lot of us, when we say God, when we say God or I know God, we don't really understand who he is and what he is really capable of. But I want to lift that off of the, I want to lift those boundaries off of you tonight. See, because it could be a bit of a catchphrase when we say, I believe God can do anything. Most of us don't believe that. We just say it because everybody else is saying it. Praise the Lord. It's the truth. A lot of times in Pentecost, we just do stuff because other people are doing it. We don't even know why we're doing it. Can I be real with you for a second? But we say, I believe God can do anything. And we say it because everybody else in the church is saying it, and it sounds good, and it sounds really great coming from my lips, so I'm going to say it because everybody else is saying it. But we never really come to the understanding that God can really do anything. I want to say that again, that God can really do anything. There isn't anything that is a challenge for God. There really isn't anything that makes God worry. That as a matter of fact, I just want you to know this evening that God told me that we haven't even seen his best work. If you look around and you see how detailed we are and how the world is, that this is not even the best work that God can do. It blew my mind one day, Brother Duke, when he said that to me. That you and I are not even the best that God can do. You haven't even seen the best blessing, the best anointing, the best things that God wants for you in your life. We haven't seen the best in creation. We haven't seen the best in healing. We haven't seen the best in miracles. We haven't even scratched the surface of God's best yet because there's nothing that is too hard for our God. I want to tell you who our God is this evening, and I'm, I've got a couple more minutes. We're almost done here, but let me tell you who our God is. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. All power, all authority, all dominion are in his hands. In Genesis chapter 1, he spoke the world into existence without even lifting a hand. He placed the sun, the moon, the stars, the planets in there all by the simple whisper of his voice. That is the God that you serve this evening. I'm talking about a powerful God. I felt his presence sweep in here just in this moment. In Joshua chapter 6, he knocked down the walls of Jericho with just a few walks around the wall in some loud shouting. Let me tell you something about how bad our God is. He didn't even need to touch the wall or even have the people touch the wall. And if you do some research on these walls, you'd understand and know that they were indestructible. They took so much time building these walls, these walls of Jericho. But you see, God took the children of Israel and he had them march around the wall and shout. And those walls that were indestructible came tumbling down. What can a shout and a march do in your life this evening for some indestructible things that need to come down? For some addictions, amen. For some financial breakthrough. For some relationship breakthrough. What can a shout and a march do for you and your family? I don't know if you're getting it yet, but there's nothing too hard for our God. In Genesis chapter 41, he took a Hebrew boy named Joseph that was sold into slavery at the age of 17. And he ended up 13 years later, putting him second in command of the Egyptians. And if you understand Egyptian culture, Egyptians despised the Jews. 
But you see, that's how our God works. He makes the impossible possible. He's so bad that he will place you over your enemies and put you in a place of prominence. That those people that despised you, that looked down on you, that were disgusted with you, that you thought you were no good, that said bad things about you, God will raise you up and place you over those people. Amen. Those people that don't like you, God will pick you up and put you in that place of authority, just like he did for Joseph. I'm telling you, there's nothing too hard for our God. You're still not convinced. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, he took a little scrawny, unwanted shepherd boy and he allowed him to defeat Goliath with nothing more than a sling and a rock. While everybody was afraid of Goliath, there was a little boy that had a relationship. He was a teenager, and some of you have teenage 17-year-old boys, but he wasn't afraid because he had this confidence in his God. He had this relationship. He had this devotion. He knew who his God was. He had the revelation that there's nothing too hard for God. I am telling you something about our God, that there's such a blessing in relationship. Amen. There's something great that comes with relationship. There's something awesome that comes with revelation in knowing who your God is. And David wasn't afraid of Goliath, and he won that battle because he knew who his God was. How many of you really know who your God is? Come on, I'm trying to shake your faith this evening because some of you have been doubtful. Some of you have been making your problems bigger than they are. Amen. Some of you have been looking at things and complaining and crying, and I've been there before. But you've got to get a revelation of who your God is. you've got to have a relationship with him. See, it's more than just coming to church, but you've got to have some intimacy Monday through Friday and Saturday and, and, and outside of Sunday and Wednesday in known doors of your home. And I believe that God wants to do miracle signs and wonders in this church. I said, I believe that God wants to do miracle signs and wonders in this church. You see, we want to see revival at Life Church. And is there anything too hard for our God? There's not. But do we know who our God is? I believe that for life, church, that God wants to do greater things. I believe that God spoke in my spirit while I was praying and seeking his face for this, this message that God wants to take us to greater dimensions in life, church, greater harvest, greater moves of God. But we've got to get a revelation of who our God is. And we've got to understand that there is nothing that is too hard for our God. There's nothing too hard for our God. You see, Life Church, God is for you. We will have revival in this church. Come on, I wish the devil would come into this room right now and we'd have a stare down because I'd let him know we will have revival in this church. Come on, we're not afraid of the devil. We're going to have a revival here. We're going to see God move mightily. God is for our church. And God is for this North Dallas area. And nothing can stop God from giving us the revival that he had planned for us. Outside of our own belief of who he is. See, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing here, but Mark chapter 6, verse 5 and 6, he said, And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do many miracles among them, except place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. He was amazed at their unbelief. I don't know about anyone here tonight, but I don't want my unbelief to limit what God can do in my life, in my family's life, in my church. Amen. It doesn't mean that God can't do it, but he allows miracles to happen at times based on our faith. 
There's many examples of this in the word. I could go over them right now, but I'm not going to do that. But listen to me, listen to me. What if God is waiting on us to believe him for the revival that God has for life church, for our families? What if God is waiting on for you to believe that? What if God is waiting on you to believe for your breakthrough and for your miracle? Amen. What if God is waiting on you to have the faith for the things that you've been praying for and have? Sometimes we just pray things and we don't have any faith. We don't have any belief inside those. We're just speaking them out loud. And we're not. But we've got to really have faith and we've got to really have a revelation of who God is and what he can do. Amen. Because pastor preached about it this Sunday. He said that when revival is happening in the church, that revival should be, ha- be happening in your family and in your home. So is revival happening in your family and in your home? Is God moving in your life or is he only, are you only coming to church and feeling him move at church? Is there anything that is too hard for God? Is there anything too hard for God? Can I tell you something? Would the singers come, please? When Sister Shaw came and talked about how the devil was mad and didn't like our church, we ought to rejoice in that. Come on, we ought to rejoice in that. Amen. I got excited when she started talking about that because I know we're giving the devil a black eye. Amen. I could picture him with his eye all messed up. Oh, life, church. Amen. Any of you ever been in a fight in your life? Yeah, come on. Some of you have. Don't try to. I know you were ghetto at one time. Praise the Lord. Some of you still are. Amen. It's okay. Amen. But you know how that is when, you know, if you've if you ever lost a fight and if you want to fight, you know, it's, oh, I could just picture the devil walking around with that black eye saying, oh, man, Life Church really messed me up this Sunday. They, they really love people. They really love God. They really get behind their pastor. They really want to have revival in that North Dallas area. I got excited when she talked about how the devil was mad. Can I tell you something? We should be glad, but we should. the devil should also be mad about what you're doing in your family's life, in your children's life, in your ministry, in your personal life, in your marriage. Come on, the devil should be mad at what you're doing at home, not just what we're doing at church, because there's nothing that is too hard for God. And God wants revival in your home. Because God is for life, church. As they begin to sing, the devil said, this, this is the thing. Devil doesn't want you, listen, three things devil doesn't want you to realize. Number one, he doesn't want you to give a revelation tonight of who God is. Because once you have that revelation and once you realize who God is, no matter if all hell breaks loose in your life, your faith is going to stand strong and he can never stop you. Amen. Okay. Second, He doesn't want you to realize the authority that you have over him and over this world. Once you realize that you have God-given Holy Ghost authority that he has for you, the devil gets worried because he realizes that you're about to mess him up. And lastly, he doesn't want you to have the realization of an intimate relationship with him. Because in that intimate relationship comes revelation of who God is. And you realize that nothing is too hard for God. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, tlcdallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.